Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast. My name is Lincoln Shrike. He is Gordon Mack. It's Monday, November 23rd. We're just chugging right along, talking about the little tiny tidbits of track and field news and action that we can possibly squeeze out of uh, some results. We'll get to those little things in just a moment, but first, Gordon, how are you doing today? Doing all right. We have like, what? We got to do 25 podcasts before like indoor season starts, maybe 30 podcasts before indoor season. Are you prepared for that? Yeah. I mean, there's every week there's now, it's probably three out of five podcasts are difficult. You got to get creative um, because let's be honest, there's nothing happening. These are all things like in a normal circumstance. Like we would, I mean, they wouldn't be happening. For example, the the 3K we're going to talk about, I mean, it wouldn't have happened because Saturday was supposed to be the NCAA cross country championships. So obviously wouldn't have NAU guys running in a 3K time trial. But uh, most of the things we talk about are things that in normal times would get no attention, but now they get like a whole 20 minute segment, you know? So I suppose we get to uh, take a deeper look at the, like the, the, uh, the smaller side of track and field, road racing and cross country, it's a, it's not a bad thing, but we're just looking for anything now. Like this runner gets a new dog. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. That that's that's worth it. That can be like five minutes of, of air time. You know, we're just looking for a story wherever we can find it. You mentioned how this past weekend was supposed to be NCAA cross country champs. What do you uh, what do you miss most about not being able to have that meet? go down in November like it was supposed to what do I miss the most or what were you most excited for uh right is it's very easy it's tempting to make a joke here because let's runs Jonathan Galt wrote a whole article about this where he talked about missing the hot cocoa and so I am tempted to to have some jokes but I'll I'll go I'll play this one down the middle of of the fairway I mean Excuse me. I just uh, I missed the team competition, right? I mean, that's what cross country is great about. I miss, 
you know, everyone finishing and everyone <clears throat> in their head trying to calculate points when it's close. That that's stuff I miss. I mean, you just don't track is just so drawn. I mean, obviously we haven't had track championships recently either, but tracks just so drawn out over numerous days. And you usually, for the most part, know who's going to win by the, you know, last half of the, of the second day of competition cross country. Yes. You could like, you could have a good idea, but so much can change between on the men's side between eight K and 10 K, you know, it's, I love, I love that. I love, you know, trying to figure out who finished where right after the race ends it, it and, and just seeing like the, the massive bodies cross the finish line, completely exhausted at the end of NCAA cross country championships is something I've definitely missed. And it's, we've now gone, what, over a year without any NCAA championships. That's it's crazy to think about. Yeah. And one thing I, that it's like weird about cross country. I'm not sure if this is a miss or was excited about, but more just like kind of like it's like an emotional. I feel like cross country is like an emotional roller coaster that just gets that ends. So think the cool thing about cross country season, in my opinion, is that there's like this two and a half month regular season where you have people trying to get points, try to qualify. You have the nutty cold meet, you have conference championships, you have, interesting stories that come here and there throughout the two and a half month process. And it's all building to this one moment. And like you have two and a half months building to a 30 minute moment. And mm -hmm. then once that 30 minute moment is done, it's like, all right, it's over. It's like really yeah. weird. Like, uh, cause when you spend so much time, like invested in ranking the athletes, projecting the teams, debating who has the better fifth man, fifth woman, all this stuff. And then all of a sudden it's like in an instant, a women's team champion and a men's team champion are just crowned like that. It's like, wait, shouldn't there be more? Like we've been building this up for so long. Uh, that's the only, uh, it's like a weird feeling. It's like, uh, you, you, you kind of like, I think as a journalist, you kind of get emotionally tired from like, you're covering it. You're getting ready for the big race. You're like, you're diving deep day in and day out about who's going to win, who's not going to win. You're writing articles, making videos, flying across the country to get all the content. And then it's just like at one o'clock in Terre Haute in the middle of a rainstorm, it's just over. And you're like, oh, mm. okay. Now I just go home for Thanksgiving. You know, it's kind of, it's like a little bit deflating thing. So, that's the one thing I don't miss is that deflating feeling of it being over. I still get now that I feel like that deflation is going to be even bigger now in March because now we're building up to what is now like a six month regular season instead of a two month. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, a couple takeaways from what you just said, you called yourself a journalist. That was, that was a, cool. <laughs> um, I like that. <clears throat> no, I'm just joking. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like Christmas you're, Day, you're, right? You're not wrong. Yeah, it's yeah. like Christmas Day. Yeah, yeah. You you, exactly. you get excited as a kid, and and then it's like you open up all the presents. I mean, that's very spoiled, but that's the way it is. You're like, oh wow, this was it, and then like it's over. I was so it's excited, over. and now it's now I got to wait another year. I mean, other sports you have in baseball and basketball and professional sports, you have series of games, and it takes a, it's a long long drawn out thing i guess the only other comp would be football but you have to 
earn your way there and uh you know there's multiple rounds and stuff and i guess we have regionals and in, in cross country but that's not a real meet that's just more of a uh, uh you've got to show up and do this thing before you can get to the big one yeah it's it definitely goes like that right and there's so so much small variance in between finishing 20th and finishing 60th right and so it's you know it can render rankings kind of meaningless but i don't know i kind of enjoy the the chaos and the small differences between a good race and a bad race are are, are always interesting to to view and you know a, a decent segue here is talking about luis grijalva who last year had one of the more mystifying performances at, at nationals finishing what like 52nd and we we're like yeah, maybe in the sixties. What fifties or sixties? Yeah. yeah. Like what? What happened? And he 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 didn't solely lose the meat for them, obviously. But you know, he's one of the he had one of the days where it was like, well, it was just uh, it was exemplar exemplary of what of any use kind of tough day overall. And I always thought about we the moment we caught on camera in our series with him last year, where he was talking with Mike Smith about you know I don't want to just be an average college runner. I don't want to be just this guy and then you look at it and you kind of felt bad for him last year because he had that bad day at nationals despite this desire to to be better and to really elevate himself but then the irony is since that race he's he's stayed true to that message and he's been like a man on a mission to not be just that that everyday i mean he never was even when he got 50th or whatever that everyday ncaa runner he's arguably been the best distance runner in the ncaa since that moment and he has another one of those moments pretty significant it's only a second pr at this this time trial race in chandler arizona but he ran 742 and a 3000 and beat drew hunter by two seconds in a 3000 meter time trial in arizona um again the times i imagine they weren't surprising for you just simply because that's only a second off his pb but beating drew hunter another clear sign that Luis Grijalva is just continuing to elevate himself. What was your reaction to his performance over the weekend? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's expected now. I feel like he is at a new level now where he's now entering the realm of being able to compete at the post-collegiate elite level uh, and not just compete like, oh, I made, I can, I can get entered into meet. Like he can be in the top three in any, pro type field in the u.s you know he has that talent now clearly just took down drew hunter by two seconds uh in the 3k drew hunters would have gone to worlds if he didn't get injured right so he shows that he's in the mix now with these top dogs i'm excited to see what a Grijalva will do when he's like at like at a pre-classic at a u.s champs um wow. will he i mean i don't know it would be interesting because he is American, but he's also Guatemalan. So uh, he might be able to get like a fast pass and just represent Guatemala in the Olympics. Uh, he might choose to do that. Uh, but he's showing improvement. Um, and now check this out. Here's a little tidbit. I'm hearing word. Sources say that You're Luis didn't this? know that he. The, the sources say Luis didn't know he was on his final lap. And he ran seven forty two. So, so he, he kind of lost track. He didn't really kick. He he was waiting. So he to didn't kick. even kick. Yeah. Oh. He thought he had a lap to go. Ah. That'd be pretty. 
That'd be pretty solid. It'd be embarrassing if it went the other way and he lost because he forgot to kick, but <laughs> he still won apparently and forgot forgot to kick. To your point about representing Guatemala, I don't know his interests, but you know, as far as contract goes, he him running for the US would be much more lucrative, I think, than him running for Guatemala. He may want so badly to run in the Olympics and may want to represent Guatemala as a source of pride for him that he does that. But I would imagine someone like him who's coming out of college and going to be in line for a decent contract would, would want the the bigger money by, by representing the U S I could, I totally could be wrong though. Um, yeah, I think I don't, I'm not ready to put him squarely in the mix to make a Olympic team just yet. He doesn't have the five K times yet to be competitive, but I think there's no doubt he's faster than his 1329 PB and Hunter, I mean, you know, it's been a long time since he raced, so this wasn't wholly surprising. But it's just another positive sign for Gahalva, and I think you have to put him as the – after watching what he did at OSU last month and how he's been since indoor season, and it continues to be consistent, and he's just, you know – the word out of Flagstaff is just how motivated he is. He came back after NCAAs was canceled in March – and ran what like a converted 353 or something at in the dome i mean in, in in the mile this guy is on a different level completely and it's it's uh it's pretty impressive to watch and i think what in next month he'll be running the 5000 and he's in the the sub 1315 race so he yeah. could pop off a, a huge one and really have his biggest breakout uh, coming. It's cool to see like mixing in cross country performances with track. I kind of wish this was a, a routine thing. All we usually get is, you know, the coming off cross nationals and then you go to Boston. Well, that's not an option this year, but, but I like seeing people hop on the track and then do cross country, uh, as well. It's, it's pretty cool. I mean, and you have to think he's kind of training for, I don't know, training primarily with cross country in mind. So he's running these times without being specifically track sharp. I imagine it's, it's all the more impressive. Do you want to get to some more of the performances uh, from this race? And my, by that, I basically mean on the other end of the spectrum, NAU star freshman, Nico young running eight Oh nine, which had to be disappointing for him. what do you think of that race? Uh, I think it's a, not um race sharp race i think it's more of a i mean i don't know i didn't see the the way the race played out right so we only saw like the finish and the finish was just back um i think based on my conversations with his coach uh he is definitely not an 809 in shape runner like he's that's not mm -hmm. indicative of his fitness right now i think it's more of indicative of just lack of being prepared for races you know what i mean mm -hmm. so especially at a level where it's not by yourself in high school right it's with drew hunter with luis grijalva um and i think it's more of a middle of training he's just not prepared for to run a fast 3k right now and i know the coach seemed confident that he would be fine when it comes to the 5k in December. yeah and if that's the case i wonder why they had him run i guess it's a tune-up for that that 5000 yeah. that he's going to try to break 1330 yeah you don't want your first race of trying to put on spikes and run fast speed to be the actual race you want to have something where you get your feet wet and if it's an 809 
hey, at least you got the practice of, you know, put, putting your body through a f- first few laps of that pace. I mean, he said most likely he'll go through 809 in the 5K. Yeah. So like I haven't it's one seen of those the, types of things. Yeah, I haven't seen the race. I'm sure it was on Instagram Live at some point. I just haven't had a chance to check it out. I I wonder though if the 809 is a product of trying to go out too fast. I mean, if you got guys up there in your race who are running yeah. in the 740s, he's not ready to do that. Clearly, you know, he's run 759, so 10 seconds off his PB isn't some horrific result. Obviously, when you're talking about a star freshman, you you're you expect and are eager to see them bust off a good time. But I think it's more probably the, the race environment that he's in. Um, we see this all the time. Guys get in the wrong race and they just kind of explode or implode, I guess. Um, so that that could have been it. I didn't see the the race exactly, so I don't know if if he went out too hard or what the deal was, but I, I could certainly understand if that was if uh if that was the case. Yeah, I think it's like one of those things where you got to pretend this race was a workout race. And like this happens a lot in workouts, right? When you have a bad day in a workout, right? Where you're not really, it's okay to be, it's okay to hit the wall in a workout. Like you don't want to have a bad day in a race that matters. And I think in their mind, this was just kind of like a, they didn't even tell anyone it was happening, right? It was kind of like hidden. So clearly it wasn't like a, we're building up for the X Endurance 3K against 10 Men Elite. I think it's more just mm-hmm. like, hey, we can get a race simulation here, so let's do it. And I think we should really know where Nico Young is in that 5K, and I think it should be good. I mean, I'm still thinking he'll be a 1340 guy, but hey, some people are saying 1330. I mean, a sub-1330. Kevin thinks he'll be thir- would- sub-1330. I think he'll be 1340, 1330 high. That's what I think. Wait, who's who thinks it's going to be sub thirteen thirty? Kevin. Oh no, not not for Nico Young yet. I mean, he already run in the he ran what thirteen fifty three back in the summer. No, not not after this eight oh nine. He's yeah, maybe in the thirteen forties. I mean, I I have a little bit less faith now that he's run this time. Like I know I was saying that he could possibly have gone out too hard, but I don't think he's run ready to run sub thirteen thirty. Like, let's slow down a little bit. He's, what, 19 years old? I mean, come on. You're listening to us, Kevin, on your run? You hear that? Lincoln's calling me out. I would be, I would venture, if someone said, is he either going to run under 13.30 or above 14 minutes, I would say above 14 minutes. That That's 13, running the 1320s at, at 19 is pretty, pretty rare, especially the little amount of racing he's, he's been doing. Uh, I, I do want to look forward to this December 5th, uh, 5,000. We'll skip over the 1330 race. We can talk about Nico in a little bit, but talk about this field that Luis Grijalva is going to encounter. Emmanuel Bohr, Drew Hunter's in this race again, Sam Atkin, uh, Ben Blankenship, Cooper Tier, looking for some other big – Kierbel Arasa, Sam Parsons. Do you think Grijalva – should we call Grijalva the favorite in this? I think so. I mean, you didn't mention anyone that I would think already as like a – that has a resume that would be like, yeah, no, no doubt. I'll take you over Grijalva. I mean, they all look like, they all sound like we are 13 teen, 13, 20 load type guys. 
So, yeah. and I think Rahal is now in that realm. Uh, I mean, I'll be excited to see how Cooper Tier does. We haven't seen him since indoor. Right. He, he was running well indoors. He he uh, was on that DMR collegiate record team anchor. He qualified in three and in the five. So uh, Cooper Tier will be kind of be an interesting college on college competition between him and Grijalva. But yeah, I think Grijalva might win that race, which is crazy. Yeah, we'll see. Arasa last year seems like 10 years ago, but ran 13-17 to get second in the Peyton Jordan 5,000. So if he is uh, if he is anywhere close, then that should be that should be a, a pretty good race. My question is, are, is everyone running unattached? Like this is not, they're not going to wear their college kids, right? I don't do know. know that to be sure. So we'll the reason I asked record. Yeah, that's that that's I mean, that's why I'm asking. I just was thinking I'll about ask. the the collegiate records. Let's see, because on the men's side, let's see. I I always forget what the outdoor one is. It's oh, I guess 13 flat, but that's post. That's outside collegiate competition. You know, if if it was if it was a legal competition, I think definitely we're talking about a guy who could hop into. I don't know. You know, maybe maybe the top ten. Here's a in, question: in Would the times count towards qualification and in indoors? No, because it's outdoors. <laughs> well, would, would, what about would they count towards qualification to outdoors? Oh. Uh, no, because I think there's a window, right? I don't know. Everything's weird now. I have no idea what's going on. They, they, they count ask, towards right? the Olympic. They they count towards the Olympic trials, right? That's yeah. That's the big thing. Yeah, and and I think they also count for the Olympics as well. The getting the Olympic standard. So you got some yeah. guys probably trying to what do would, that. Yeah, I mean that's sure. What would Grijalva need to do in this race? For you to be like, I think Rojava is going to make the U.S. Olympic team. Like to have that thought to be like, holy shit, he might. Make what would he have to run? Well, I mean, let's look at this here. We've got three guys who are sub thirteen guys in in uh, Lopez Lamong, Paul Chalimo, and Woody Kincaid. Now you can say Kincaid maybe isn't always going to be a twelve fifty eight guy. Time in, time out, and he's healthy. I mean, after run like thirteen oh five, thirteen oh five. So I, that's I, the over under. If you want thirteen oh five or faster, no, that's not the over. The over under is still thirteen fifteen. But the over, no, no. If you run 13, the over under of you, yeah, I'm just getting confidence. I don't. Yeah, yeah. He would legitimately have to close well with a thirteen oh five for me to say, oh, he's got a shot. I mean, maybe, maybe I, I'm being a little facetious. Maybe if he ran thirteen ten and ran well considering it's December and would be seven months, seven, eight months before the trials. Yeah. I'd probably still be saying that same thing, but a realistic shot, you've got to be able to run low 13 minutes, not, and you know, run a tactical race when you're closing in, in four minutes, the last 1600. I mean, it's, it's going to obviously be hard and he doesn't have that experience, but you know, running 13, 15, and run a big PR is not the same, obviously, as being in contention to make the Olympic team. He'd have to take uh, several more steps up. Yeah, I think if he runs thirteen oh whatever, 
that means he's like, all right, he's a he's a real deal for team uh, potential in this this yeah. upcoming year. It's just tough. I mean, the men's five k has gotten really really competitive. I mean, it's always been competitive, but you know, even with some guys falling off, you know, Hassan Mead maybe not in the same person, obviously, and Bernard Lagat's not there anymore, and he won the last trials. Well, Woody Kincaid stepped up. Lopez Lemong has returned to his elite level, and obviously Paul Chalimo is still Paul Chalimo, and it's real tough. And then you're not even talking about, you know, Sean McGordy and Fisher, Eric Jenkins Flecker. and Fisher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of guys in his way, um, but he continues to move. You know, he continues to to run well. Who knows? You know, but and maybe I should amend that if if he runs the standard. I'll take him a little bit more seriously. Uh, I think that's going to be tough. It, you know, I think that's the goal for a lot of these guys. That's that's not an easy thing to do, even for somebody who's been running as well as he has. Uh, f- first and foremost, because I don't think he's ever, you know, he hasn't really figured out the 5,000-meter distance. You, you know, he was in that fast 5,000 that produced Tyler Day's big breakout uh, performance last last indoor season and he ran 1329 and was a non-factor. So he's a different athlete than then, but he needs to figure out this 5,000 just because he's been good in cross and then been running good three K's and good and good miles. Doesn't necessarily mean he's got the 12 and a half laps down pat yet. So we'll see what he does here. But yeah, if he runs 13 Oh something, um, I'll take him a lot more seriously. Maybe he realizes like, Hey, three K is my distance. And maybe he tries to convince Mike like, Hey, I know we're all thinking about NCAA 3K XC double. Why don't we just flip it around and do the XC World 3K double? So uh, try to qualify for Team USA in a 3K. <laughs> I mean, maybe if they have that, if they have that event, right? We don't. I don't know if World yeah, Indoor is going to happen. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. He may just also be trying to get his first NCAA title. We're talking like this guy, like he's been Edward Cheserek or something. He's just <laughs> right uh, he's just on a hot streak. We got to see if he can can keep it up and you know be the best in the NCAA before we anoint him as a Team USA member. Um, so Ed's excited. I'm excited for this December meet, which is going to have a lot of people I think running really fast and you know some the type of thing we wouldn't get in a normal season. Get all these people together during a normal. What would normally be a dead time in in the sport of track and field and cross country? Okay, uh, didn't think before Saturday that we'd be talking about high school girls cross country, but here we are, Gordon, because Jenna Hutchins, yes, Jenna Hutchins, uh, uh, Tennessee high school junior, became the first U.S. high school girl to break 16 minutes for a 5K in a cross country race, 1558. Point four two, and before you think that it was a short course, which which produced this time, her GPS watch, according to a story by Corey Mole at over at Mile Split, three point one three miles. So she ran a little extra distance to run the first sub sixteen minute five k. This is to be commended and to be applauded. This was incredibly impressive, regardless of if the course was flat and. Whatever it, it, it is, uh, to do something no one's ever done, considering the talent that's come through the U.S. system and the on the women's side in cross-country, mighty, mighty impressive. Unless you think this person is not legit, she was fifth at 
Foot Locker last year as a high school sophomore. What do you think of this run? Uh, out of nowhere is what I thought about it, right? Uh, right. It's kind of cool, though, right? That's what that's what this uh, whole year has been giving us. Like we've been getting. Uh, when, remember when Bryn Brown went out of nowhere and ran her incredible thir- uh, thirty-two hundred? Uh, you had high school kids running sub four mile in the middle of pandemic, right? And now you have yeah. a thrown together national championship, and you get someone who <laughs> breaks Caitlin Tui's five k record. It's just like whoa. So, um, yeah, I. I I mean, you have to assume the course is short, right? I guess that's what everyone does. I don't does. know, Gordon. No, they say, they're know. saying, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Do they have official? Here's the, here's the line from Corey, from Corey Mole. It, sh- it also should be noted that course director said afterward quite clearly that John Hunt Park had been measured scientifically down to the last meter with a fully credentialed 3.1 course. There you go. There's no denying scientifically. It, right? How do you measure scientifically. scientifically? What does that mean? I think it, I don't know if they sit that that's that's Corey's words, not not the uh, well, I would assume not the not the race directors, but it's not unscientifically. He said it's scientifically. <laughs> like I think he's measurements, science, science, facts, rules. It's all there. There we go. Three point one. Not a short course. Not well, a short he said course. three point. But it's is it three point one miles or is it five k? Because what is a five k actually? Know, he d- yeah right. That's where he left it. So a five k actually is three point one zero six miles, and this you know, course Gordon, is only three point one miles. So that means we're talking mm-hmm. about point oh oh six of a mile, point oh oh six eight of a mile. Her GPS said three point one three. So it's ten meters short of a th- of a five k. Wow! But except it was no, scientifically meters. down to the last meter. I I, so said, I don't want to hear it because he said it's actually he said it's three point one miles. If it's three point one miles, that's ten point nine meters short of a five k. Mm-hmm. And then how how long does it take to run ten eleven meters? What? Beats me, man. (laughs) Two seconds? I don't. I think you're trying to find. Is this not a 1558? Is this a 16 flat point one? That's this might those two Mm -hmm. extra. Those 11 extra meters might have put her over 16 minutes. I'm not saying, but that's just my scientific outlook on this whole thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, they did. I, I was more skeptical, not of the time, but the fact that they labeled this a national championship. She won by. Nearly a minute, the Running Lane XC National Championships. I'm going to call this, it was an official 3.1 miles, which may be make it the first high school cross-country meet in U.S. history to actually be measured by something more than an eyeball because we've all run those races or seen those races. That's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that 5K was just 2.9 miles because everyone just PR'd by a minute. So uh, I think this is kind of legit. For Hutchins, though, Possibly big, big future, and maybe one of the big losers as far as not having the national championships at at Foot Locker or NXN this year, because she's How a superstar. Apparently, only running thirty eight to forty miles a week. That is what a college coach wants to hear: low mileage and already running really good times. 
every team how in the country quickly, is going to want Jim Hutchins next year. Yeah, how quickly did Chris Miltenberg pick up the phone after seeing that race? You think? Hey, UNC, baby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Actually, I, here's, here's the good yeah. thing. Over, under, going to a school in North Carolina or not? I don't understand the, you know, she's from Tennessee, so that's relatively close to home. I mean, not like super close, but it's the same ballpark. It's not like it'd be like going to Stanford. Um, I, I'm sure it's a, I'm sure it's a good shot. I don't understand. I know, I know NC State is a solid program and I know the allure of Chris Miltenberg is strong, I guess. I didn't realize he was such a good recruiter. You know what I mean? Like ever since UNC, he's just been like, pulling everybody down there. I did I didn't know I you know, I guess I misinterpreted his recruiting sway to I attributed a lot of it to the fact that he was coaching at Stanford and people want to go to Stanford to get a Stanford education and to be in perfect weather all year round. But apparently it was more on the on the uh side of Chris Mildenberg just being a fantastic recruiter. Because he's got what, Sidney Mascarelli, Bryn Brown who else? Is Thorvaldson going there too? Yeah, they're all going. Everyone in their mom it's, is going to North Carolina. It's going to be or a Tar Heel. Yeah. So I got some update. Yeah. I got got an update on this December meet. Uh, according to my sources, aka I just texted Mike. Uh, I asked, would the first of all the three K times that were run, they were hand timed. It wasn't anything official. He wasn't even there. Yeah. He says he says he doesn't even know if everyone ran. It's just all based off of what was tweeted out. Uh, but uh, it was hand timed. It's not official timed marks. Um, the meet in December, their college guys are going to be running unattached mm. because they can't provide travel or so they have to go there on their own. And um, he thinks that it's probably not going to count towards any type of record book because it's not in season he said i should ask the people in charge if it is but if they're running unattached it's just going to count as like it's just like a european meet basically well yeah lowey Lang got to run in his arizona kit and has the so-called collegiate record and he ran on a race in like july in the diamond league and he ran 13 flat back in whatever it was 2013 so if that can count, I don't understand why this can't count. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I've never really yeah, liked. How did he the, get to? How did he get to? Mon- how did he get to Diamond League? He didn't buy his own flight there. It was probably paid for, right? I just don't. I don't like it when it's outside of. You can't pick and choose like some outside of collegiate competition counts and some doesn't. I just I don't I don't like that rule. That's. Well, it becomes weird. weird when you're in your senior year, like your summer of your senior year. Maybe it ends. And you've already graduated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, technically, you're still in college, maybe. I don't know. Well, if you're graduating yeah. in December. I, I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, we found out. it's So it's going to be a collegiate record in our hearts, but not on the books. If he does well, they got Well, they got to get out there and, and do it first and foremost. Um Let's see. Um, I was trying to check and and find out if we had any emails. It does not appear. So, you got anything else? Anything else you're hearing in the in the running world that that you you really need to get off your chest? Um, 
The uh, Southern Conference and the MAC Conference held their conference championships. You know, they came in. They they were canceled, but then they're like, screw it, we're doing oh. it. Um, the MAC was won by the the. We talk about under uh, reported uh, results because there's not much to talk about. Here we go. So the MAC Conference was won by Northern Illinois on the women's side, and Eastern Michigan on the men's side. Uh, but this here's the main thing: Josh Park, a senior from Ohio, and Kaylee Perry, a freshman from Bowling Green, they booked their tickets to NCAA's because they won conferences. So it's good for them. <laughs> I mean, they probably wouldn't have gone as individual qualifiers in the regional system, but now here we are. They're there going to NCAA's. Go. On congratulations, the, yeah, Southern Conference Furman women won twenty eight points. And on the men's side, the Furman men scored 20 points. So not a perfect score for either the men or the women, but close. Uh, but individually, Lindsey Stallworth, a junior from East Tennessee State, she's going. And then on the men's side, Daniel Bernard, Bernal, a Furman. But most likely Furman will make it as a team. Yeah, so they're therefore, going as a team. So then Ja... Ooh. I'm going to get in trouble. Jah- Jahazib Shabazz from Virginia Military Institute, senior. He's going. Oh. He's, he got second. So it's kind of wild. We're having cr- they, so they literally, these. that's kind of crazy thing about these two conferences, these teams. They literally had their conference championship on the day of what would have been NCAAs. It's kind of wild. I don't really know and what else a, to add here. These are so here's strange one, times we live in. One last thing to add. You ready for this? So we talk I'm about ready. will indoor happen, right? We're like with the whole like pandemic and all. We started having indoor meets this past weekend. There were like a few. I'm not sure what division. Maybe it was NAIA or D2 or something where we uh-huh. had indoor indoor track meets go down this past weekend. I think there was like three. In um, November? Yeah. Get get going Why? early. Why? I don't know, man. Get, get, they they want to have Because they know meets. it's going to be canceled, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so they want to get on top of that leaderboard early, right? So, yeah. Uh, but, like, here. Here's one. Uh, in Iowa, the, the Dort Triangular... You know, it's an indoor meet oh, in Sioux Falls. I miss indoor track names. In, in Sioux Center, Iowa, 200-meter flat track. All right, who do you want to know the winner of? Because we never Dakota State versus Dort. Have you ever heard of Dort? It's NAIA. I never heard of it. No, versus Dakota I have State. Not heard of it's a dual meet. Dort. Are you ready for I what, 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 what result do you want? What result do you want? The mile. The mile. The mile. Here we go. Mile. Was one unattached, four twenty five, over okay. Alex Durer of Dakota State, who ran four twenty five point four one. Oh, so it was a close it... finish. <clears throat> Might have been wow. a kick of the week right there. We will never did know. They, did they but wear yeah, masks? There's... I don't. Probably <laughs> not. Uh, yeah. And here's the thing, though. There's there's meets happening. Most of these events. I mean, there's like two sections of the sixty, two of the two hundred. Three of the four hundred, one eight, one mile, one three k. Um, there was eleven weight throwers. 
I mean, it makes it look like at least a conference championship can be held based on the numbers, right? Where you have like, yeah. you know, 16 per event. Um, but yeah, we're seeing it happen. So it makes me assume if it's already happening here in the NAIA, SEC 100% is going to have a season. And basically the only thing that will take away NCAA indoors is if enough non enough other conferences like Ivy League go like we're not doing it. But as of right yeah. now, <clears throat> you gotta assume Big Twelve, ACC, SEC, uh basically all the conferences across country are at least gonna do it. So it'll be interesting. I might have to start calculating the fifty percent number again on if we get fifty percent canceled schools. But hey, mm-hmm. indoor track has officially been brought back. That's the word on the street. Indoor track has officially been. I like that. Uh, and before we go, we got to get your update. How's how are how is the Sixers offseason going so far? You made it through the draft. All I are, are the eyes still on James Harden, or are we have we gone away from that? Dwight Howard, baby. Well, yeah, we're talking superstar basketball players. Sorry. <laughs> Wait, I, I missed the question. Sorry, what would you say? No. Oh, I said, are are the eyes still on James Harden? Is he coming to Philadelphia? Um, I don't want to trade him for Ben Simmons. I, I, I have a sentiment. There's a problem in me where sometimes the best decision is not the decision I want to make. In this decision, my heart is still attached to, I want it to work. Because here's yeah. the thing. If a James Harden and Joel Embiid win a national uh, – win a NC- – and win an NBA title, I'll be there. You go, I'll be amazing. But if a yeah. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid win an NBA title, it would be like double that. And mm-hmm. I would rather shoot for the stars and go for that double exhilaration than just get this the half exhilaration of a Harden and Embiid. They're both great, but like, let's be honest. If Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid did it, and then at the end he just they just shot to trust the process and. Sam Hickey was just standing in the corner with a smug on his face. It'd be the greatest thing. It'd be a mo- movie book ending. They would sell the rights right movie away. Book. ESPN movie 30 for 30. Now that works. Moneyball part two, Sam Hickey style. <laughs> it'd, it'd just start. That's what would happen. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Well, they, they, they do have some shooters on their roster again. That's nice to see that they – I know they took a one-year break from having shooters on the team, but it uh, appears that they got that in Seth Curry and Danny Green – We'll find out. I think Daryl Morey is trying to get his boy back, but uh, which would be trading five years of Ben Simmons for two of James Harden and a lot more money. But find out. The NBA always entertains. I know that's what you're doing in your off time is trying to figure out what all is going to happen. we got a, a season that starts less than a month from now, which is crazy. But that that that's keeping me excited for, for sports because I know our football teams right now are both – uh, draining down the draining down the sink. So uh, hey, Eagles are right. still in first place, baby. Yeah, Eagles I mean the NFC. Man, the NFC East doesn't count, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right, uh, that'll do it for us today. It'll be, I believe, Kevin and Gordon tomorrow. Uh, you can email the show, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Keep sending those screenshots if you're listening on Stitcher. I want to see them because I don't believe it's a real app. Just like Gordon doesn't believe that you can measure a course scientifically. Any case, uh, we'll see you tomorrow.